It's going to be a very brief word today. We wanted to give you the title. It's Serving God. Serving God. Serving God. Um, we read our text from the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And I'll quickly read from the NIV version. Um, and I just pray that the Holy Spirit shall help us get that which he has prepared for us today. Um, in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read from the NIV version. Uh, it's a three-part chapter. The first part is titled The Living Sacrifice. The second part is titled Humble Service in the Body of Christ. And the third part is titled Love in Action. Verse 1. It says, Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Said, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. Um, verse 3 says, said, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Say, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body, but many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though, and many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is given, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Verses 9. It said, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Said, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. The joy, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Said, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless those. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, 
as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear fellows, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing, those, you, in doing this, you will be heaping burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil with by evil, or do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. That's a very sh short, I mean, when I say short, short, compared to the typical Paul's writing, um, but also very, very packed. Uh, and it all weaves down to service. Service. Uh, it starts off by saying, by urging brothers, so like I said, let's present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It says, this is your true and proper worship. And many of times we might miss it by thinking proper worship is the songs that we just sang or by lifting our hands. And while that is comes to it, if it did come from our, in our hearts is in, in, in tune with God, it's in offering ourselves as a sacrifice that is pleasing to God, that is actually true and proper worship. And a living sacrifice just means one, who put himself up for service. Uh, the Bible, we saw Anna when he, she was crying to God for a child, uh, prayed and prayed and prayed and said, God, you give me this child, I will sacrifice the child back to you. What it just meant was that I will give the child back to your service. I will say that after God answered her prayers and she was she had winged the child, she took the child Samuel to Eli and he was in the service of God. And so a living sacrifice is one that is of service to God. And it's in doing that that we offer true and proper worship. In verse 2 he says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world for being transformed. And we're looking at that in our Sunday school so far this, this year, uh, from from, two, from last week, about being spirit-led, being walking in the spirit. For us to do that, we have to be transformed. Our hearts need to be renewed. Uh, and this is very important because in the latter part of that verse, it says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Many of us, or might have been in conversation, we are talking about like God's perfect will and God's permitted will. Um, and it's true that, yes, God is merciful and will show us favor and would, I mean, will make us live the best that we can with our limitations and all. But here we are called or we are shown a way to live in His perfect will. He said it's good. His will is that His perfect will is actually good and pleasing. He said it is good, pleasing, and perfect will. But how does that come about? He says we have to test and approve what God's will is. And so for me, it's a thing of like, that you might not get it right at first. It takes a continuous try of, of trying to get to that perfect will. After all, the 
there's a transformation. I mean, it says, "Be not renewed, be not, be not, be, do not be conf not conformed, but being transformed." Transformation doesn't. It's not like a switch. It's a process. So when you've been at, when you've been in darkness for a long time, and someone turns on, turn on, turn on the light, you just go and start functioning in the light. Your eyes start to dilate to accept that light. And that transformation takes place over a period of time before you can enter functioning in the light. We've been in darkness all along. Christ came and brought the light. And so there needs to be a transformation. But during that process, we might miss it every now and then or might not have everything figured out. And so as believers on our journey towards our perfect will, we need to continue to test and seek God's approval in doing his will. And how do we do that but in the place of service? It's going to be hard to do that if we're not in his presence, if we're not trying to please him, we're not trying to do the things that pertain to him. And so we see even Jesus in testing and approving was at 12 years old, they went to a ceremony and on the way back, they were like, where is Jesus? Jesus was left behind in the temple testing. But it was not approved. I mean, for, it was not time yet. But it was testing that will that God sent me to this world for a purpose. And, but it was like, no, you're still 12 years old. Like, <laughs> we're going to test it, but not time. They found him there and they're like, nah, <laughs> let's go back home. And it took him another couple of years, almost 25, 20 years, for him to actually be ready. And so in testing, nothing wrong in testing God's in testing God's will for us. But again, it would it only is possible or it only gets us when we actually do it in his service. And so Christ was just hungry to serve. Um, and we saw him do that as a child. Um, what's the second part? So that, that's the first part. The second part is actually again, complete service in the body of Christ. So looking from verses 3, um, it says that we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. So I think I, I like really how Paul writes because he never, he, he hardly gives room for like you to interpret him wrongly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's because people always say, oh, like, so yes, you should be humble. Yes, be humble. But it doesn't mean you should not have confidence or you should not think of yourself highly at all. Because people will say, oh, like, why do, you, why do you think so much of yourself? Like, God, Christ wants us to be confident to know who we are in Christ. But it says, highly than you ought, you ought to. So there is an accepted level of what you think highly of yourself. I am a believer. I am a son of God. That's, that's I mean, you, you should not be intimidated. You should not be like, oh, somebody... Turns on, the, turns on the light and I say, God of Jesus, because someone turns on the light. Like, that's, you know, when you see a coverage, like, ah, they've come or they've come again. Or, like, we should think, like, there, there's a level in which God wants us to operate, but then there's where pride starts to set in, and this is where God pulls and calls our attention. So, in the place of service, and it's very important because it's not like that, it's a humble service in the body of Christ. Because in place of service, we can easily flip it and start to put our shoulders up to say, I am serving God, therefore I am. There are many people in the Bible like that, who God might use them for one reason or the other, and then pride sets in. And so, in the place of service, it's a very it's a caution, it's a caution that yes, we are called to serve. In place of service, we get to test and approve God's will. We get to find our way in, in, uh, 
to its good and pleasing and perfect will, we get to offer true and proper worship. But if we're not careful, pride could set in. And we start to think ourselves, I need that other people. And so we are one here that in service we need to remain humble to the body of Christ. And he gave us a perfect example. He said to his body, is one body, but there are different parts. If the hand today says, Ha, in us, you are smelly, you are, you are not, you are, you are very, very dirty. And the Lord says, Okay, I'm doing a holiday. I'm not going to do my work anymore. <laughs> that hand will suffer. <laughs> because the body will get sick and that hand will suffer. So, as well, as well it is the nose. And I say, Ah, nose, you always smell anytime, everything, good and bad. You're smelling, smelling, smelling. I was like, Okay, isn't that? Yeah, I'll go on holiday. Then that whole body will suffer as well, and so one we can't be we can't be we can't be critical of each other because of the different functions that we have to play in the body of Christ. He said, as we have different, uh, as we have one body, we have different functions. And he gave examples here. He said, we have different gifts. Uh, he said, there's prophecy, there's serving, there's teaching, there's encouragement, there's giving. There's leading um, and there's mercy. And I really like it that like, you don't really give just um, skilled related things. Giving, I mean, that's so like, that, that might, something might be just like, just discard and think, ah, is that a gift? But it says it's a gift. Encouragement. You're like, ah. Whether it's pastor and whether an encourager are on the same level. But like, no, they have, they both have the same, they have the function to play in the body of Christ. Some people are not good at encouraging. Right? <laughs> I have an example of that. <laughs> in my encouragement, I'll be, I'll be criticizing you and I'll be like, ah, why can't you figure this thing out? Like, like you come and encourage me, you only come to admit this thing. So it's, it is a gift for some to actually just encourage, just speak a word and that picks you up. And so if that is your job, then keep doing it. And so we can't be critical of each other. We can't start having try and say, oh, I'm the teacher. You are the encourager. We're not on the same level. After all, like I know things. You don't know anything. Like, no. If that encourager stops doing the work, the body of Christ suffers for it. We better people say, I didn't come to church anymore because one woman or one person was missing from church. And that person, that person, that person, that person always says hi, always texts me and say, how are you doing? And not the how are you doing, of like, how are you doing and move? Like, how are you truly doing? How, how is person A, how is person B? That church had a power yesterday, you mentioned person C, how is that person now? Even you that we share the thing, but you forgot like, that person sees them and say, oh, how about that woman and that daughter that you mentioned three weeks ago, are they, are they, still, are they fine now? And because that person leaves the church, like, the teaching is still powerful. But nothing is happening because that person's role is now vacant. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has their role to play. Don't be, don't have pride in you. In your service, be humble um, in that side because every function is very important. And I'll read those gifts again because I think it's very important to us who just again think about those gifts that they mentioned. And it's not limited to this, by the way. So we have different gifts, verse 6. So we have different gifts. Um, according to the grace that is given each of us. So our grace, the grace upon our lives also, again, appears as, as a bearing of the gifts that we have. He said, if your gifts prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. It is, if it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. 
If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is given, then give generously. If it's to lead, then do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I also pray that we, again, as the as God passes grace upon us, I pray we are able to find our gifts uh, and we do and we have it again uh, exercise those gifts, knowing that we're playing a very critical part of God's body. Don't hold back the gift. Don't say my gift is too small. My gift is not as big as that other person's gift. No, our gift is very. But those that have gifts that, that are perhaps more pronounced than others, I pray for God to give us a spirit of humility. We see that our gift, yes, it's important, but again, others as well is as important because they all play different roles in God's body in Jesus' name. Amen. And the last section that we love in action. Love in action. And I just put it uh, like, I mean, love in action is like in service. Um, and it's a thing of like, I mean, how do you, I mean, John 3 16 kind of like encapsulates that all together. John 3 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, and so, in the, in for, God, for, God, for God to actually express his love, for that love to be part of another's like word of mouth, he had to do something. He had to serve. He had to serve humanity by letting go of his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us and bring us back to his stead. And so, he said, Lord, we must be sincere. We must hate evil um, and we must cling to what is good. But he said, never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual favor serving the Lord. And so it's very easy at all for us to start very fervently in God and say, Yes, I go, I want to serve you, I want to serve you. I'm a young Christian, I want to serve you, I want to please you. And God blesses you. And you're like, Yes, God, you know, I have to serve you, but you know, this blessing that you gave to me, you know, I have to like manage it properly, you know, so I'm going to like just serve you less. <laughs> so I would like to start using the blessings that came from service to actually say, I'm going to serve you less and not actually serve more. Uh, but it says, it says that we can be one. It says, love in action, which is service, will require us not to be lacking in zeal. And I, I noticed myself as well. It says, never to be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fever, fever serving the Lord. So you can't slack. You can't slack in service. You can't slack in the place of service. Because that is, that is how your love in action is measured. If you truly love God, you obey Him. You want to please Him. I would say to be again in pleasing God and getting to his perfect will, in giving him the perfect worship, um, it is in place of service. Uh, and we want us again to say again in verses 16, uh, verses um, 16b, said, do not be proud. It's about being willing to associate with people of low positions. So yes, there is no position. Let's not like beat around the bush on that. There is high and low position, there is class, there is levels to these things. But he said, do not be proud and be willing to achieve yourself in opposition. I mean, they called Jesus. They said, what are you doing with these people? What are you doing with these people? There's class, there was Jew and Gentiles back in the day. There was levels to these things. And they came down, we might say first to the Jews, then the Gentiles. The Jews, they are not the second class citizens. Like, we was not to worry about it. Yes, in the, in the term of grace, we are now in God's family. But there's class. There's the said to each person the level of grace. So there's a level of grace as well. But that does not then mean that we cannot then say, so, oh, my level of grace is level three. I'm not going to actually be level two or level one. 
Like that's all he said. He said, do not he said, he said when uh, Peter, um, Peter, you will eat with those people, and when they bless them, you will withdraw. When did you read? Paul called him like, what what nonsense is that? Like, who are you trying to like? Please, like, like, what is that? Like, what is this? What is this about? What is this about? Many of us would you would you say would you be caught there? Some people like, ah, no, you can't catch me talking to this kind of person. But then when they are like, God loves you, God bless you. But ah, no. <laughs> so we can't. He said, to, he said, be willing to associate with people. And Jesus was the perfect example of that. The tax collector, uh, the woman with the issue of blood, the uh, the alabaster or Mary with the alabaster box. Like all these people, the the Mary as well. Who was almost stoned to death and said, "Where who is that?" Can said, "All of the association was to show that no, like you must not be proud. He was the son of God, but he was willing to associate himself with his disciples. They were nobodies, fishermen, task collectors that everybody hates. But they were people that surrounded themselves with. Um, said, do not be conceited. Um, and then the F ends the." The other part, I remember, okay, like, you might think even in the household of faith is why I'm actually talking about, like, no, there is no, there's no even boundaries. Now, to your enemies, to your enemies, say, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you'll be heaping burning coals on his head. I don't know if any of us actually do this thing so that we think we are putting fire on our enemy's head. <laughs> but I think we're just understand, I'm just going to understand what this actually meant. <laughs> and actually, what exactly means is that you, and it's one interpretation of this, one interpretation of this actually means that when you eat burning coals in one day, it's like a head scratcher. You make them rethink what they are doing and how come they're not getting the reaction they expect to get. And so, if someone's feeling you evil and you're feeding him, the person goes, ah, this is not what I'm meant, I'm meant to be. I'm not meant to be getting something from this person. And this is maybe, I mean, there's no point me doing this to this person. And that exactly goes from being an enemy to a friend. And so, uh, I think all the new mother that is like, not to kill them with kindness. Uh, and so, the thing of like, we convert, converting your, the, your enemy to your friend is actually to feed them when they're hungry. Uh, because, I mean, when it says, if you can possibly can, it says, live in peace with everyone if it's possible, as far as it depends on you. So if it's in your control to convert that enemy to a friend, then actually serve them. I mean, when it says feed them and give them drink, that's the start service as well. So in at least serving our enemies, we convert them to friends. In serving them, we obey the word of God. And so service of level stop in the household of faith. Yes, it is very bad to serve each other person. Um, who have no faith, that's again in the household of faith. But even beyond the household of faith, when there are enemies, um, and I think, again, when, when we think about enemy here, like, it's as we grow, as we mature, we start to like disassociate people from the actions. And so it's like, yeah, this person is doing this thing, but it is not, it's not, I'm going to separate the person. The thing they've done is not good, but I like this, I love this person, and I should love this person. And so, they are hungry. This person is hungry. Yeah, they are doing me evil, but they are hungry, and that's the thing that is affecting them. So I'm going to actually like serve that 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 need in, in them. I said, in doing this, we are actually serving them, and we are actually again converting them, and actually again doing obeying God's word um, um, to us. 
uh, and it closes close down the paradox that says that do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that again is ultimate service. Like we were evil, we were of this the most sinless refuge with sin. We had rebelled against God, and God looked at us. Um, yes, He did. He evil with evil with flooding the flooding the water <laughs> and cleansing the bank over. <laughs> um, but even in that, as well, like I mean, if it's been flooded, you would still say spared Noah. In Zomagoma, it's spared lots and, and the people. Uh, but again, as I said, like we as as sin, as as, as, um, as sinners, it looked upon us was like I want I want I want to I want to have this uh, this one. So we're enemies. We're hungry. We're thirsty, and it's amplified. So we say, why is God telling me to feed my enemy? Like. He fed you. You were his, you were his enemy. You were, you were his enemy and he fed you and he met your needs and he actually gave you the gift of salvation. And so if he has done that to you, then like what's your what's your case or what's your point about like God? Why tell me to do this hard thing? And so it, it's called us as well to just be like him. And again, it brings us back to that first verse, his perfect will. God wants us to be like him. That's just it. He wants us to be like him. Um, because again, we want to, we're going to reign with him, and so all the things he has done for us, all the blueprints, him becoming man, him testing and approving God's will upon his life as Christ, as man on earth, um, him giving his life for us in service. Because I said, many people will say that they like, oh, Master, how, when were you hungry that we did not feed you? When were you testing that we did not? Like I said, don't need to be your, your problem, you're not allowed to me. And so if we do not, we're not doing this thing, then it's going to be really hard for us to live in his perfect will. And all of this thing ties to service. I pray my God just lay in our hearts the, the spirit of service. Because it's, sometimes it might be not convenient, it might be like we, we forget there are so many things that are, that are calling for our time. Um, even, like I said, even the blessings that God gives us, the job he has given us, and Julian has given us, and everything is like, oh God, now I have less time to serve and all, but he said again, we cannot, we cannot slack. He said, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And as we are faithful in doing that, may it continue to be faithful towards us as a people, as a body, in Jesus' name. Let us bow our head and say, God, give me the grace for God to serve you, to serve you diligently. In any way you call me, in any way you badly like put your embody your grace upon me. Is he as a teacher, as a singer, uh, as an encourager, uh, as one who shows mercy, as one who gives? See, these are all critical parts of God's body. And so, God, in whatever way you've imparted your grace upon me today, oh Lord, even if I'm not happy, like taking action so far, oh Lord, give me the grace to start today, oh Lord. In the place of perhaps even like intercession, prayer, thanksgiving, worship, whatever it is, will evangelism, caring for the needy, whatever it is, you feel like I'm imparted in my heart. And because when you put in my heart, you, you made the provision and the accommodation for it. I often like just yield myself and be of service. Not lacking in zeal, but serving you. Say, so God, give me the grace, Lord, to serve you today, O Lord. And may it not be when it's actually convenient. It may, it may not be on our own terms, O oh Lord. It may not be just when to people that we, are, we actually choose. Because he said to him, let's be humble. He said, let's let not be afraid to associate with people of low estates. Say, so God, give me the grace, O oh Lord, to, to be humble, to be meek, 
to come out to be glory, O Lord, to so, so that I don't miss those who you sent me to, O Lord. And people that you sent to me don't miss me because I because I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm being proud of the pride regarding such associations, O Lord. And we pray, Lord, even as we do this, O Lord, we pray that we shall walk into your perfect will, O Lord. Amen. Because your perfect will, your say it's good and it's pleasing. We pray, Lord, for the grace, Lord, to walk into your perfect will regarding our lives, O Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for our prayers. Amen. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are.